0: Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday night, and it is June the 11th, 2021. Um, And I apologize for not having joined you last week, but sometimes family obligations have to come first. It's about priorities. Uh, And I hope that we all have our priorities straight. Uh, Certainly too many of our politicians don't. But as Americans, uh, we must never lose sight of what's important, uh, and family should always come first. But anyway, I'm here today, this evening, uh, raring to go, and fired up because uh, I have to tell you, I don't know if you saw the outrageous interview between Lester Holt of NBC News and Kamala Harris, our vice president, um, and it actually encouraged me. It encouraged me. That Lester Holt, certainly NBC, mainstream media, uh, actually, to an extent, for Kamala Harris to task for her obvious lies and evasive comments when he asked her about whether or not um, she was going to go to the border. And she said, well, we have been to the border. I, I was screaming at the TV when I watched the video of the interview, and I was thinking, goodness gracious, Lester, ask her who we is. Does she have a mouse in her pocket?" Who's we? And Lester said, but you haven't been to the border. And first she tried to deny it, and then she admitted it, and then infamously she said, well, I've never been to Europe. Well, that's great, and she's never been to Mars or the North Pole either. What in the world does that have to do with whether or not she's been down to the Mexican border to take a full measure of the developments down there Uh, and, and the extent of the crisis that's undermining national security, public safety, public health, and the jobs and wages of Americans, and, by the way, is also sending an extraordinarily dangerous message to the world. You know, when I testified at one of my very first congressional hearings, and I believe that altogether I've been before 17 hearings in the House and Senate, I've also been before state legislative bodies around the country, And I remember shortly after 9-11 making the point at one of those early hearings that were focused on how do we prevent future terrorist attacks, you would think that would still be a big issue. I said you get one opportunity for a first impression. And for millions of people around the world who seek to enter the United States, the first laws that they are likely to encounter are America's immigration laws. And unless we get serious about immigration law enforcement, we're telling the entire world that not only can you come to America and violate our borders and violate our laws and get away with it, but we are eager to reward you for that sort of dangerous behavior. Where was I wrong? Where in the world did I get it wrong? And today, Um, you have a a crisis on the border that the presidents of mexico and guatemala are pinning directly on biden directly on his administration he's trying to somehow blame the trump administration the first administration in decades to take america's sovereignty and borders seriously certainly ronald reagan didn't certainly um, george w bush didn't certainly jimmy carter and don't even get me going on obama it's both parties and until we recognize that both parties have done this to america we're not going to solve anything it was it was uh ronald reagan who gave us the visa waiver program and then the diversity visa that was signed into law by george herbert walker bush it was ronald reagan who gave us that very first amnesty that set the stage with, for this notion that if you violate the laws, sooner or later as an illegal alien, you'll get what you want. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thank you for the Visa Waiver Program. Thank you for all of those globalist programs. It's both parties. And when George W. Bush created the Department of Homeland Surrender, as I've come to call DHS, he was in direct violation of the Homeland Security Act because the Homeland Security Act was passed as a result of the terror attacks of 9-11 and, was, and served as the enabling legislation for the creation of dhs and nowhere in the homeland security act was there any stipulation that we would cut immigration enforcement in half customs and border protection and immigrant and, um, immigration and customs enforcement that was not supposed to happen not only that But there was no way that they were supposed to blend in customs with immigration to create ICE. They also blended in TSA. They also blended in the GSA police. I kid you not. They also blended in Secret Service and ATF. This was all done to water down immigration law enforcement and make it impossible to secure the borders or protect the American people. Don't take my words, but that statement was made by John Hostetler During a hearing where I testified back in 2005, and John Hostetler was the Republican chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee, and he was crystal clear that what George W. Bush gave us, to use John's words, immigration incoherence. So when people say to me, Mike Cutler, why are you still registered as a Democrat? I want to know why they're still registered as Republicans, because both parties have betrayed us completely, totally and and dangerously incredibly it's both parties both parties i'd like to know why nobody from the republican party ever stands up and says before the national press corps what the president is doing violates the findings of the 9-11 commission simple statement and it's accurate and i can document it and i'm going to talk about it tonight why have we not heard that from the republicans Why is it that every time a a, a, a reporter goes to a Republican or a Democrat, the first thing we hear is, when will you pass comprehensive immigration reform? Wow, just what we need. You know, when that crazy legislation was first proposed back in the early 2000s, I came to call it the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. I wrote an op-ed for the Washington Times that then-Senator, Jeff Sessions liked so much back in I believe it was 2006 or 2007 that he quoted me from the floor of the United States Senate during the highly contentious floor debates on three separate days and said to his colleagues, you must listen to former INS senior agent Mike Cutler when he refers to this legislation as the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. And why did I call it that? because there is absolutely no way to interview the millions of people who would participate there is absolutely no way to conduct field investigations to determine if any fraud has been committed and if you go back to the 9-11 commission they found immigration fraud and visa fraud as the key methods of entry and embedding for the terrorists and not just on 9-11 think about that so we're going to give Possibly 20 or 30 million illegal aliens who snuck into the country or otherwise violated our immigration laws, lawful status without so much as an interview. If that is not an act of national suicide, I don't know what is. This isn't a left-right issue. This is a right-wrong issue. And it's remarkable that because of COVID, there are all kinds of public service announcements warning people to not use counterfeit uh, documents to prove that they had the vaccine because you're endangering lives. I've never seen a public service announcement, <coughs> pardon me, about the danger of accepting or using counterfeit alien cards, even though the 9-11 Commission was crystal clear. In fact, the very first time I testified before Congress was back on May 20th, 1997. And the topic of that hearing was immigration fraud and visa fraud because of two terror attacks carried out in the United States in 1993 by aliens from the Middle East, and every single one of them engaged in some kind of violation of the immigration laws and committed fraud. They lied about their identities. They lied about their backgrounds. They lied about their applications for asylum, etc., etc., etc. They lied about having worked on farms. That's what we need, more farm workers. We don't know who they are, and we're told we need comprehensive reform to get the illegal aliens out of the shadows. If you believe that story, I've got a bridge to sell you. If you want to get illegal aliens out of the shadows, you hire agents. And not a single piece of legislation that has been proposed has required the hiring of additional agents since the creation of DHS. They don't want more agents. Why? Why do we have Sanctuary City supposedly protecting the immigrants from immigration authorities? That's baloney. <clears throat> it's because if you hire agents, they're going to find the human traffickers. That will end or break the supply chain <clears throat> of a vital commodity, the foreign workers who come here to displace Americans and drive down wages and move money out of the country, which is terrible for America but wonderful for the banks because they have the silent partner to every drug transaction. They have the silent partner to every brothel where the women wire the money out of the United States back to their families, and we go right down the list. They love that America is being bled, because they help move the blood, the money. The delivery system also delivers unlimited supply of foreign tourists. That's why Mr. Reagan was so uh, eager to have that visa waiver program that was expanded, by the way, by George W. Bush and then by Barack Obama. And I'm sad to say that even Donald Trump added one country to the list. He made Poland number 39. There were 27 visa waiver countries on 9-11. What are we doing? This is madness. But what's happened now is that things have got so bad. Oh, by the way, before I forget, and the final bit of what we're bringing in is an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms and you got them on both sides of the aisle. bob Goodlatte, who used to chair the judiciary committee when the republicans controlled the house he's a republican he's an immigration lawyer and he was the guy that made a fortune on h1b visas and when i had a personal argument with him about it he told me how his son would love to have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of absolutely brilliant and phenomenal indian programmers come to america and I said, you know, my late wife, who died decades ago, tragically, in her early 30s to cancer, was a brilliant programmer, MBA in computer science, Phi Beta Kappa graduate, member of the National Math Honor Society. And almost all of her colleagues and all the people who worked for her had similar credentials, and they were Americans. What were they, chopped liver? And at that point, Goodlat ended the discussion with me. Well, if you look up Bobby Goodlat, Bob Goodlat son, immigration lawyer Robert Goodlatte's son, Bobby Goodlatte, got his start with Zuckerberg at Facebook. Remarkably. Of course he wants cheap labor from India and screw over Americans. Americans? ah, We're speed bumps. That's what Americans are to these politicians. Both parties. Both parties. But go beyond that and understand that by bringing in foreign workers especially from countries like china we've given our adversaries opportunities to seize and steal and spy on us and take intellectual property back to their home country so that china is building up its space program they will probably surpass us especially with useless biden in the white house why do you think it's such a big deal that Hunter Biden appears to have strong connections to China and other countries. There's conflicts of interest here. But the media did a good job of covering it up, hushing it up so that nobody would know about it. This is dangerous to national security. And by flooding America with foreign workers, we cost Americans their jobs. We drive down American wages for Americans who are able to hold on to their jobs. But what we wind up with is more Americans unable to find affordable housing because as you bring into the country hundreds of thousands of new aliens every month, which is what's happening right now, in addition to the legal system, which brings in over a million lawful lawful immigrants every year, over a million, and brings in tens of millions of temporary visitors. They all need a place to sleep. It jacks the price of housing through the roof. While wages are being suppressed, housing goes up, guess what happens? Homelessness. And then you have American families homeless. They often lose their children because they're homeless. Child welfare comes along. But no one complains about American kids being ripped from their families because they're now homeless because of open borders and and all these other corrupt practices. And people say to me, you lack compassion. Really? Do I feel bad for illegal aliens living in poverty? Yes, but I also feel uh, even worse about Americans living in poverty. Why is it so unreasonable to be concerned about our fellow Americans? We are not the world. We are America. And the irony is with this whole business about um, open borders and this notion of white privilege and, and the racist approach that we're getting from the radical left, By flooding America with foreign workers, we are depriving Americans in poverty the opportunity to take those first jobs that you need for that first entry in your resume so you can build a resume to be a success. You know, there's a conundrum, and I remember when I was a teenager. You can't get your first job until you have a resume. But how do you have a resume until you get your first job? So you have a serious problem. No job, no resume, who's going to hire you? So when you're a teenager, I worked in a kosher deli, which is what you would expect of a Jewish kid from Brooklyn, as did many of my friends. We all worked in restaurants. Today those jobs are taken by illegal aliens. What are we doing? The civil rights movement, Equal Employment Opportunity, was about providing opportunities for American blacks, specifically because of the civil rights movement that, by the way, was bankrolled both intellectually and financially by many white people. Um, Understand that this divisive garbage about black versus white is an effort to simply split America into little pieces and balkanize America because a house divided cannot stand, ask Abe Lincoln. That was his famous observation. Or as I like to say, that a house without secure borders can almost stand in a house without walls. So America is being ripped apart from without and from within. Time magazine, by the way, did an article this past week, interesting article, saying that Iran and China and Russia were doing their best to sow dissent in America and turn Americans against Americans. So what's really happening, things have gotten so bad that even the mainstream media can no longer ignore what's happening. Such as they've been trying to shovel all this garbage under the rug, the rug is getting too high. The garbage under the rug is a small mountain right now, or maybe a large mountain. So it's clear that this is a divide-and-conquer situation. And the use of language is being done to intimidate people into not speaking to anyone. Don't say man, don't say woman. Uh, There was an interesting exchange in the Congress um, about we're not going to talk about women giving birth or mothers giving birth, but they are going to call them birthers, birthers. My goodness. I thought that was a term that was used when people wanted to see Obama's birth certificate, but now I think they're calling them birthers because they give birth. They're called women, boys and girls. <clears throat> we, we have two sexes. If you look at biology, you either have, a double um, X chromosome, and that makes you a woman, or you have an XY chromosome, and that makes you male. And they, you know, these wackaloons who want to change biology can do whatever they want, but if they're going to follow the science, um, you have two possibilities. Uh, you may have different sexual orientations, and that's fine, and that's private, and that's your business. And personally, I don't give a rat's tail what consenting adults do in private, two, three, or 15 of them as long as they keep the noise out at night so I can sleep. But biologically, human beings and mammals come in one of two forms. You're either male or you are female. Very simple, no ambiguity. But this is about confounding the ability to have a conversation. Shut down conversation, pen American against American, make one group of Americans feel deprived, another group is the cause of your problems and we've seen this in history before, it was called the Holocaust. It was called the Holocaust. But finally, Lester Holt had to confront Kamala Harris about being a bald-faced liar, and she laughs like a flipping hyena. Ha, 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 ha. It's funny. Suddenly nobody wants to talk about the conditions under which these children are being held, And let me tell you a little story here. Uh, I never thought of illegal aliens as being my enemy, and I enforced the immigration laws for 30 years. It was my adult life work. Now, we found criminals and terrorists. I spent half my career working on narcotics investigations. I've arrested terrorists and murderers and child molesters, and they were despicable. They were vile. They were a blight. But when you look at illegal aliens, and among them might be fugitives and terrorists and criminals, understand that. The day before an attack, a terrorist is likely to either go to school where he's been attending classes or go to a job where he's been hiding in plain sight, and perhaps the job involves a motor vehicle so that you can drive around and do surveillance and hold clandestine meetings, for example, if you drive a livery van or or, or a taxi cab or a car service or, or something else of that order. But for the true illegal alien who came here out of desperation, I felt sympathy and empathy. I mean, that's really what's lacking in America. There was an interesting segment uh, on Fox about how a radio program is declaring this week a week of of discussion or conversation, whatever he's calling it. Well, I've been saying this for the longest time. I would love to see every Memorial Day and every Fourth of July and every Veterans Day be declared days of national debate and discourse. We need to have conversations with our neighbors without screaming at each other. And, yeah, we're going to disagree. I hope we disagree. We damn well better disagree because if everyone thinks the same way, then we're back to the invaders from Mars. If you saw that movie years ago where they installed little nubs, extraterrestrials put nubs in the back of the adult's heads to control their brains. So we're going to disagree. Not everyone likes vanilla ice cream. Some people like pistachio or chocolate, or maybe they don't like ice cream at all. And we can disagree on every sensitive issue imaginable. That is what freedom looks like. It's not neat, it's not clean, it's messy, but it's essential for freedom. You don't have to agree about abortion. You don't have to agree about school prayer. Those are our options to agree or to disagree but we need to do so respectfully, and we need to try to put ourselves in the heads of the people that disagree with us. Number one, out of mutual respect. My parents taught me that if you want to be respected, you need to give respect. Quaint concept, But also in understanding the people that disagree with you, you may be able to formulate a better way of persuading them to see things differently. Or you might even come to the conclusion that they have a better idea than you do. Perish the thought. We don't have all the answers. My parents warned me, run from anyone who tells you he or she has all the answers. That's scary. Nobody has all the answers, folks. We need to have conversations. We need to have journalists step up to the plate and stop this garbage and stop working for the Ministry of Truth right out of George Orwell's 1984 and actually confront politicians speaking truth to power. And I have to tell you, Lester Holt did a decent job going after Kamala Harris for being the liar that she is. I went to the border. We went to the border. He said, you never went to the border. Well, we went, and then she started giggling, and then she said, well, I've never been to Europe either. Why do I have to go there? Well, you know, let's take it a step further. Whenever there's been a disaster, hurricanes, tornadoes, lots of destruction, loss of life, traditionally, doesn't the president go to that beleaguered town or city to take a measure of the scope, the magnitude of the disaster, to try to figure out how best to take care of those people in need? You have to have eyes on the situation to know what's going on but you see i'll come back to what i've kept saying all along that to the biden administration what's happening on the border is not a crisis because it's what they want to see happen in the first place this is a failure by design but before you get all excited remember that it was george w bush's administration who prosecuted Ramos and, and, and Compi on two border patrol agents who were doing their job on the u.s mexican border Because he didn't want that border secured either. And that's why his wacky brother Jeb said that illegal immigration was an act of love. Can you remember that? I sure as hell do. I wrote a commentary afterwards where I said that Jeb was looking for love in all the wrong places. Both parties want open borders. That's why you don't see the Republicans standing up and pulling out a copy of the 9-11 Commission report where it talked about how to prevent terrorists from coming to America requires border security and a visa process that has integrity. The 9-11 Commission was very clear about how aliens claim political asylum as a means of coming into the country to carry out attacks. By the way, 2013, if you remember Patriots Day in Boston, the Tsarnaev family come to America from Russia. As soon as they got here, they claimed political asylum, As soon as they got political asylum, they went back to Russia, voluntarily. Now, wait a minute. They just said they can't go back to Russia. Why did they go back to Russia? Well, obviously they lied. And shortly thereafter, their two boys carried out a deadly terror attack in Boston. So along comes Bob Goodlap and the other members of Congress, and they said, we need a new law. What's the new law? We need to make it a felony if you apply for political asylum, and then after you get asylum, if you go back to your home country, this should be a felony unless there's been regime change. Okay, do we need that law? Absolutely not. That is as ridiculous as utters on a bull. Now, why do I say that? Because if you claim you can never go home and you go home, it's obvious you lied. Lying on an immigration application or lying before an adjudication officer is a felony. And if you do it to get a visa and you're involved in terrorism, it carries 25 years in jail. So what law do we need? We don't need new laws. We need agents. This is the magic act. We'll give you a new law. Great. If you remember, when we had all the terror attacks in Europe, you had experts come on, not from immigration. God forbid they should have an immigration expert come on. So former CIA individuals came on, and they said the visa waiver program is a disaster. It's dangerous. It's allowing terrorists to have easy access to America. We need to fix it. So the Obama administration agreed, and they worked with the Republicans. And they said, we're going to come up with an enhanced visa waiver program. We're not going to end it. It's an enhanced program. And what does it mean? If you are an alien from a country that qualifies for the visa waiver program, but if you have been to a list of countries similar to the list that Trump came up with, you know, Syria, Lebanon, whatever, if you've been there within the last 90 days, you will now need a visa to come to the United States. Problem solved. Stop and think about it. Problem solved? So you have a British or a German or a Swedish passport, and do you think that somebody with one of those passports is going to walk into a U.S. embassy or a U.S. consulate and say to the officials, listen, I just spent six months in Syria. I need a visa to come to America. Can you see that happening? No. They're going to lie. No one's going to admit that they went to one of those countries. How will we know? Do you think Syria is stamping their passports? It's outrageous. It's stupid, but it's not funny because it's going to get people killed. I mean, can you envision some guy walking into an embassy and say, here's my transcript from bomb-making school in Lebanon? you think that's going to happen? So what was the point to the enhanced visa waiver program? It was hoping that Americans are complete imbeciles and jackasses and fools. Oh, they've got an enhanced visa waiver program. Ah, Mabel, now I can go back to sleep. Thank God, what a relief they've solved the problem. How stupid do they think we are? It's got to end. I remember after 9-11, watching a parade of these idiot politicians, forgive the redundancy, walking up to the microphones with the cameras running, pounding the podium. Why didn't they connect the dots? Why weren't those dots connected? Everybody was obsessed with dots. That dash is dots. Dots, dots, I guess. Why didn't they connect the dots? Well, we've connected the dots. It's called the 9-11 Commission Report. And what are we doing about it? Upkiss. 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed more people than we lost to the Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. And the death count from the attacks of 9-11 are continuing. I just saw a commercial now saying that 9-11 isn't over because people are still dying. And we're coming up on the 20th anniversary. Hard to believe. Now, what does that mean, the 20th anniversary? There is a generation of American voters who were born after 9-11, and they know bupkis about 9-11. They also know bupkis about American history. We just observed the anniversary of D-Day, June the 6th. And for those nitwits in college who are screaming about being anti-fascist, if they saw the documentaries that should have been a mandatory part of the curriculum, and if I had a magic wand I would make it a mandatory part of the curriculum, they would realize that the most valiant, that heroic anti fascists in the history of humanity were the men and women of the armed forces who laid down their lives on June the 6th on the beaches of Normandy or died in the skies over Japan or over Europe. It was the gallant warriors who took on the nazis during the second world war who were the anti-fascists but a number of years ago i remember watching an episode i don't know if it was jay Leno doing his jaywalking or waters world asking these brilliant ivy league students at columbia university this bastion of intellectual superiority who did we fight in the second world war and they scratched their collective butts, and some of them actually thought we were at war with England. You wonder why we have kids running around thinking it's heroic to call America by such terrible names, when in reality it was America that stood against fascism and and dictatorships and totalitarianism. They have now become the fascists themselves, and they don't even know it. This is our fault. This is on us. We, the people, have been sitting with our hands under our rear ends and we've been staring at TVs or or playing video games or doing God only knows what and ignoring the fact that we've raised a generation of Americans who are clueless about the incredible achievements of the United States of America. Does that mean that we're flawless and perfect? No. But now we're hearing, let's defund the police. Well, uh, I just did a... um, a a webinar for the David Harwood Freedom Center in conjunction with the Glazov gang. David Harwood's um, sponsors, Front Page Magazine, and those of you who are familiar with me know that I've been writing for Front Page. Gosh, it's got to be at least six or seven years now. I'm very proud of my relationship with them. And and I wrote about how Biden has created, and and I also spoke about how Biden has created an unconstitutional um, sanctuary country. And in fact, I wrote it in, in another publication um, uh, all about, it was the social contract where I said that uh, immigration failures by design, so that we have a sanctuary country.
1: And that was because
0: of the Democrats when Trump was in office. And here we are. We really now have a sanctuary country. But again, go back to what I said earlier. For decades, we have not hired the immigration agents that we needed to properly enforce the immigration laws all the focus on the border borders important but it's only one hole in what i call the immigration colander. i'd love to know for example how many aliens are sneaking into the country across the northern border or stowing away on ships the media is not reporting on it and i'd certainly like to know how many aliens are being turned around at ports of entry and this is something that donald trump should have talked about but didn't um You know, I I certainly supported his immigration policies, but he did a lousy job, I thought, of communicating the true uh, situation with immigration. If you remember the riots that broke out at the airports, the rent-a-mobs came out because the administration denied entry to roughly 200 aliens who came from six or seven countries, not because they're Muslim-majority countries. We keep hearing that crap all the time. No, these were countries where we could not properly vet the aliens. And everyone went nuts. Oh, my God, they had visas and they were denied entry. How dare they? Ladies and gentlemen, every year I can tell you, and I was an immigration inspector for four years, so I did these jobs. I didn't read about it somewhere. I didn't have a brain fart somewhere. Every year, thousands of aliens with visas are denied entry. A visa is not a guarantee of entry. State Department issues a visa, but State Department has no authority to admit anybody into the United States the authority to admit aliens is vested in immigration law enforcement and in customs and border protection the inspectors at the ports of entry again the job i did for four years so somebody might come in with a visa but in the course of questioning that person you realize that they've lied to get the visa that they're not really planning to stay for two weeks but they're planning to stay forever and you deny them entry i'd love to know why donald trump didn't have that conversation with the american people and say hey listen We turned 200 people around because we saw in them a threat to national security. And this is a routine matter of of, of the way we work. A visa doesn't guarantee entry. I'd like to know under Biden if they've changed policies in terms of how frequently they turn aliens back when they come with visas or enter or attempt to enter under the visa waiver program. That's an interesting statistic, but no one's talking about it. It gets coverage where people say, well, half the illegal aliens didn't run the border. They come through ports of entry and overstay. The bigger issue isn't that they're overstaying. I frankly don't care how long they stay. If they're, you know, elderly, whatever, staying with their their children, and, and, you know, they're not causing us any expenses. They're not working. They're not taking a job. That's fine. The bigger issue is that aliens come here with visas, and then they take a job. And when you hear this garbage, we need to give illegal aliens visas. How else can they get to work? They're not supposed to be working. The immigration laws used to be enforced primarily by the Labor Department, under FDR, by the way, to try to get America out of the Depression. Franklin Delano Roosevelt stated that he did did not want to have American workers competing with foreign workers for jobs, number one, to make sure that Americans got all the jobs, and number two, so that there would be no wage suppression because we bring in people willing to work for lower wages. That becomes a new standard, which is exactly why Bob Goodlatte and his son Bobby would love to flood America with tens of thousands of Indian programmers to destroy the wages of American high-tech workers. And if you think I'm wrong, Alan Greenspan, on April 30th, 2009, testified before Chuck Schumer when Chuck chaired the Senate Immigration Subcommittee, and he stated that we needed to bring in many more H-1B visa holders the way that Bill Gates wanted. And, of course, when Bill Gates wants something, he gets it because he bought the government, didn't he? The best government money combined. We need a new position in the government, the official auctioneer. Think about it. And what Alan Greenspan stated was that if we could make American high-tech workers, highly educated workers, compete with their foreign counterparts, we could get rid of their wage premium. In other words, we could destroy their salaries, and then we would greatly reduce inequality in wages between Americans with skills and those with lesser skills. So what was he saying? If you make Americans compete with people from third-world countries, they will be forced to accept third-world wages, and then we have wage equality because everybody will be working poor. And he had the chutzpah, Greenspan, to refer to high-tech American workers, people with advanced degrees, as the privileged elite. Privileged. Meanwhile, Greenspan and his wife have a mansion in the Hamptons, but he calls middle-class high-tech workers the privileged elite. Talk about chutzpah, unmitigated, flaming chutzpah. Unbelievable, but the media wouldn't report on that. So Biden promises jobs and wages, and meanwhile, he's bringing in an army of foreign workers. Meanwhile, he's bringing in an army of people whose identities are unknown and unknowable. And these people head to the interior of the United States. And what I wrote about in in my article for Front Page Magazine was that Newsweek had focused on the impact on the border towns because these aliens that are coming into the United States in huge numbers. But in reality, the impact is being felt across the country. Everyone always equates immigration with the Mexican border, and that's only one of many, many issues. And I find it remarkable. And I even saw some articles written in conservative websites about the current situation. But even on those conservative websites, they identified groups like the ACLU and all those others as being the pro-immigrant groups. There was an article at Breitbart where the reporter refer to those groups as the pro-immigrant groups are you kidding me seriously no they are immigration anarchists because aliens who come to america legally seeking an opportunity and seeking to get away from corruption and violence come to america and they find the thugs they were running from in their home country have joined them here because we are a corrupt country So how is that pro immigrant You have decent people, and it's not just Latin America, because human nature is human nature. There's an award hanging on my wall in my office at home from the government of Japan. I helped them with a, a case involving a Japanese woman who was smuggling cocaine from the United States to Japan. I worked closely with the Israeli National Police. I worked with the Canadians and the Brits, and the list goes on. Because human nature is human nature. This has nothing to do with any flavor of, 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 of race religion or ethnicity it's simply about aliens who come here and violate the law or create problems it is not pro-immigrant to want open borders because when you have open borders the bad guys come in and where do they set up shop think about it They like to move into the communities where they're familiar with the language, where they're familiar with the customs, the culture, the food. It's also easier to hide in plain sight. And they're looking for female companionship, whatever they're looking for while they're doing their criminal activity. So you go to the neighborhoods where the people there most closely resemble you. If you're a member of Asian organized crime, you don't want to live in the Jamaican community. You stick out like a sore thumb and vice versa. So the Asian community suffers when Asian criminals come to the United States. The Caribbean community suffers when criminals from Jamaica, Trinidad, wherever, come to the United States. The same thing is true about the Israeli community. It doesn't matter because this is human nature. That's why we're supposed to have secure borders and effective immigration law enforcement to protect people from the predators. So instead, sanctuary cities puff up their chests when they say, we're protecting the immigrants from immigration authorities. Holy smoke. And there are idiots that actually believe that nonsense. It's astonishing. It takes my breath away. So to, to read an article that got everything right, and then the reporter said, meanwhile, the pro-immigrant groups like the ACLU have said the following. They're not pro-immigrant, folks. This is a lie. And it's being propagated by conservatives. This is stupid on a scale that I didn't think was possible. Call them what they are, immigration anarchists, period. I am pro-immigrant. I was happy to approve applications for green cards when I spent a year doing the marriage interviews. And I can tell you some funny stories about those interviews. But the point of the matter was, immigration law enforcement not only tells us who to keep out and who to kick out, but who to let in. And we let in over a million lawful immigrants every year. That's more than the rest of the world combined. We naturalize hundreds of thousands of new citizens every year, more than the rest of the world combined. So please don't tell me that if you seek the enforcement of immigration laws, you're anti immigrant Because that was the implication in that Breitbart article. Because if you think the ACLU or those groups are pro-immigrants, well, guess where that puts me on that spectrum. It's foolishness. And it all started because Jimmy Carter was a shrewd character because he ordered that immigration employees back during his administration stop referring to illegal aliens as illegal aliens and call them undocumented immigrants. So we're a nation of immigrants. And if you want to keep anybody out, you're anti-immigrants. Holy smoke. Pro-immigrants. Wow. I hope what I'm saying is sinking in. And if I sound revved up, I am, because I am looking at this catastrophe on the border. And I keep thinking, how many terrorists have made their way to the United States? How many fugitives have made their way to the United States? How many aliens potentially with dangerous communicable diseases have made their way to the United States. In essence, Joe Biden has ordered, if you watch Star Trek, Joe Biden, in a very dangerous era, has ordered America to take down its shields. Shields down. Shields down. And no one's calling him on it. I'd like to see some damn Republican have the guts and the integrity to stand up at a microphone somewhere. With Nancy Pelosi screaming about the need for a 9-11-style commission to find out what happened on January the 6th, to have someone stand up and say, hey, Nancy, did you bother reading the 9-11 commission report? You keep talking about the damn thing. Did you read it? Do you understand that the policies of your party are in direct conflict, run 180 degrees in opposition to the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 commission report? the same commission that you somehow think uh, we need because of what happened on January 6th? There's other politicians calling for a 9-11-style commission to find out what happened with the Wuhan virus, okay? Again, the 9-11 commission. Why is nobody talking about the findings of the 9-11 commission that found that it was multiple failures of the immigration system and those failures by themselves, by themselves? It wasn't... They had 48 things. No. If the immigration system had integrity, if our politicians had integrity, 9-11 folks could not. It's that simple because every one of these aliens in one way or another violated immigration laws. And we have 6,000 ICE agents for the whole country. I was in California about, I guess, 11 years ago at Chapman University, Chapman Law School. I went to uh, be part of a panel discussion, and we had a wonderful dinner at the Nixon Library, and one of the people who was there with me was Michael Chertoff, the former Secretary of Homeland Security with Asa Hutchins. I believe Asa is now the governor of Arkansas. And we shared a stretch limo ride from the library to our hotel. And I remember sitting there with Chertoff for about 45 minutes. It was probably the longest 45 minutes that he'd ever experienced in his life. And we got into a discussion about how many immigration agents we had. And there was a whole bunch of issues that came up. And he said, Mike, where are we going to get the money to hire more agents? I I just want you to let that thought sink in. Where do we get the money to buy all those X-ray machines? It's my understanding, and I could be wrong, but I believe that Michael Chertoff uh, was involved with the companies that sold those those gazillion-dollar X-ray machines that will probably give everybody cancer years from how God only knows I just don't trust those machines, but what choice do we have? I remember as a kid, we used to uh, go to the shoe store, and they had fluoroscopes. So you could look through the the viewfinder and see how your toes fit in the shoes because little kids don't know whether the shoes are comfortable or not. And many of those shoe salesmen wound up with cancer because there was radioactive material in those machines. So I, I always worry about radiation, you know. We're being exposed to all of this stuff ostensibly in the name of national security. By the way, I, I can't let the moment pass. Would you get on an airplane if you saw people sneaking past TSA? I don't think so. But we're forced to live among millions of people who evaded a very similar vetting process. We conducted ports of entry for the same reason. Think about that. But so when I asked Chertoff, why do we have so few immigration agents? The immediate thing was like a standard answer. Oh, well, where do you get the money? I said, we have well over a million members of the armed forces. New York City has 35,000 police officers. And back then, TSA had 45,000 people. But we can't afford to hire more than 6,000 ICE agents? So Hutchins tried to change the conversation, but I wouldn't let him. Chernoff didn't have any answers. Of course he didn't. This is because immigration is a delivery system, as I've told you. So... The people in charge are willing to risk another terror attack so that they can do what? Get campaign contributions so they can – I mean, I want someone to explain this to me. How in the world do you do this to America and Americans? I'd like some reporters to go to Biden and go to Kamala Harris and go to every candidate for office and say, how are your proposals? Good news for the average American. How is that good news for the average New Yorker if you want to be the mayor and these are your policies? Think about it. Have you ever heard a simple question like that being asked? Of course not. Oh, these poor immigrants. Well, I feel bad for them. I started telling you the poor immigrants were people I felt terrible for it was simply a matter of bringing in a few thousand, I'd be the first one to say bring them in. Let's screen them carefully and bring them in. Here's the problem. There's about eight billion inhabitants on planet Earth, eight billion, I'm gonna sound like Carl Sagan, the late astrophysicist, billions of stars, eight billion human beings. Probably more than half of them live below the poverty level, so what are we supposed to do? Have four billion people immigrate to the united states are you serious it's a naive perspective oh these poor people are what they need how about what americans need how about what americans lose their jobs or lose their wages so that they become homeless and they're separated from their children and these are americans we have a half million american kids right now who are in foster care nobody talks about that where's my compassion i have plenty of compassion i am oozing compassion folks but i'm not oozing stupid it's so outrageous i arrested many illegal aliens who i felt bad for in some cases i arrested some teenage kids who were working here i went and brought them sandwiches one poor kid he looked like he came out of auschwitz he was 16 years old at least that's what he claimed his age was and if you wanted to see his ribs, you didn't need an X-ray machine. You just needed a bright flashlight and put it behind him, and you could have seen through his, his flesh and bones because there was nothing on this guy's body. It was, it was, he was emaciated. So I stopped by a kosher deli going back to my, my childhood when I was 14 and worked in a kosher deli. Well, I, I thought, gosh, I've got to get this guy an overstuffed roast beef sandwich, which I did with a potato knish and a can of soda. inhaled the sandwich and then he cried and said it was the best food he ever ate i felt terrible for him of course i did and we do a disservice to humanity and ourselves and we go out there calling everybody who comes here an invader Uh, i don't i don't agree with that desperate people resort to desperate tactics and what we're doing is motivating people to flood the united states make it impossible for the system to keep up and once that happens you really have an invasion and that's why i made the point that these sanctuary policies are unconstitutional because for all the nonsense and all the breastfeeding we always hear about the constitution and donald trump article four section four of the united states constitution states that the states are to be provided with republican form of government and protection against invasion and domestic violence argue that the situation that exists on the mexican border and perhaps elsewhere as i said there are other components to the immigration system that have uh, not been scrutinized and should be i would argue this constitutes an invasion and if it's an invasion then it's in violation of the constitution it's as simple as that you don't need to have a a doctoral degree in jurisprudence to see this this is an orchestrated invasion of the united states at the behest and the encouragement of the biden administration but i guarantee you that many republicans are happy with this and why are they happy you think mike cutler lost his mind no maybe not yet maybe not yet because they didn't lift a finger to give trump the money he needed for the border wall they secretly, I think, are happy with this because the Chamber of Commerce is happy with this. The American Immigration Lawyers Association is happy with this. We can go down a whole list of organizations that provide lots of money in bribes. I didn't mean bribes. I say bribes. I meant to say campaign contributions. The language confuses me so frequently. And it's a win-win because then these Republicans can stand up at the microphones and scream about Biden but they don't scream too loudly because if they really want it to be effective, all they would have to do is pull out a copy of the 9-11 commission report. So if you know any Republicans out there, ask them, would they like me to lend them my copy of the 9-11 commission report? It's kind of dog-eared. I have it online, too. I can send them the link. But if they're willing to do a news conference, I'll lend them my, my copy of the 9-11 commission report. Because once you read that report, there's no going back. It's crystal clear that Biden is in violation of the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission report, even while Nancy is jumping up and down saying we need a 9-11-style commission over January 6th. And even as uh, Nancy is trying to explain away Ilan Omar's comparison of the United States and Israel with the Taliban and, and Hamas. Wow. Wow. That takes my breath away. And if you listen to the garbage coming out of the radical members of the Democrat Party, they aren't all radicals, but enough of them are that they've been given control of the party and the rest of the Democrats are along for the ride. Oh, if you say anything about Ilhan Omar, you're just shutting down women of color. No, we're shutting down a lout, a liar. That's what we're shutting down. She needed to clarify. What clarification did you need? That we need to look at the atrocities committed by the united states israel and hamas yeah in the same breath uh huh sure the problem with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer is they are called leaders but they're not leaders you know leadership when you see it and when you look at them you know you're not looking at leaders it's kind of like a supreme court judge said that it's hard to define prostitution oh, i'm sorry pornography but when you see it you know you've seen it Real leaders would have gone to Omar and these others and said, knock it off. Your position is untenable. Your statements are outrageous. We will strip you of membership in all of your committee assignments and see to it that we put up strong competition for the next primary if you don't stop. Come out and totally disavow what was said. Instead, Nancy's out there waving her frail arms. Oh, it's okay. She explained it. She clarified it. It's okay now. All's better now. The problem with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer is they are hooked on power. There isn't a damn thing, I believe, that Nancy wouldn't do to be able to win another term in the House. There comes a time when you have to hang it up, and when you're as old as Nancy is, it's time to hang it up. Same thing, Chuck. It's time to move on. It's time to have real leaders take control of the Democrat Party and take control of these wackaloons that you have allowed to become the leaders of the party, and most of them are in the the party, what, two years, four years? You know, when you're running from a mob, you may be in front of a lot of people and you're all going in the same direction, but if you're running from the mob, you're not leading the mob, you're running for your life. And Nancy and Chuck are running for their political lives because they've become addicted to power. They remind me of the people that used to come into the airport and say to me, do you know who I am? And I would say to them, yes, if you're asking me that question, we know who you are, you're a jackass. Steve King, and I knew Steve, I I, I had a couple of meals with him, sometimes said some pretty bad, outrageous things. He was immediately, within hours, stripped of all of his committees and forced to retire from Congress. It was understandable. It was the right action to take. They didn't go after him, you know, because he was white or black or purple. His position was not acceptable. I understood why that happened. You may disagree, and that's why we're Americans. We're entitled to disagree, and I personally like Steve King. But he had a big problem with his big mouth sometimes. But you're not seeing the Democrats doing that. They are going to defend Ilan Omar and all the other members of the squad until they destroy the Democrat Party and, God forbid, destroy the United States so that Nancy can stay in power for another two years. It's time, Nancy, to hang it up. Same thing, Chuck, move on and get out of the way. Lead, follow, and get out of the way. By the way, I'm scheduled to be on Newsmax television this Wednesday, about 11 o'clock East Coast time, to discuss my articles. I'm also writing now to the same people that used to do of the social contract. It's called U.S. Inc. I-N-C. So it's usinc.org. Uh, I'm doing everything I can, folks, to get the message out there, but I need you to partner with me. I need you to have conversations with your neighbors. I need you to sit down with them and make them understand that our position is one of compassion because compassion does begin at home just as charity begins at home. It's not anti-immigrant to want immigration enforcement. Quite the contrary pro-immigrant to protect the immigrants who come to america hoping to live a life of peace freedom and opportunity that's what this is about i hope that you will uh, join my effort be part of my bucket brigade of truth and please forward a link to this program and perhaps to the uh, webinar that i did for uh, the david harwood freedom center to as many people as you possibly can and please remember that Democracy is not a spectator sport. It was great joining you this evening. I plan to join you again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Meanwhile, please go to my website, michaelcutler.net, check out my articles, and forward the links to everybody. See you next week. Have a great weekend.